Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast, the first Kermode on Film podcast of 2021. And as you can hear, we are joined by the irrepressible uh, Jack Howard for the this. The irritable. <laughs> <laughs> Those words, they're, they're kind of intertwined, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so, so now, I, now I should I should say for the record um, that although this is our very first podcast of 2021, Jack and I are actually recording this before Christmas. And the reason I'm saying this is not to kind of you know to spoil the illusion. Obviously, it's a podcast, and you know it's pre-recorded, and you understand that that's how it works. But because the time that we're recording this is the 21st of December, and because of everything that's happening in the world, I just want to flag up that if anything happens between the 21st of December, when we're recording this, and the 5th of January, it's not that oh, we've we been tasteless. We don't know about it, okay? So if Trump has launched a nuclear strike, I'm sorry, we didn't know about it. If, you know, yeah. events took some terrible turn, we're, we're genuinely not... And, and I, usually I wouldn't make a big deal about this. But I am making a big deal about it now because the world has been in such a state of flux mm. and confusion. Every time you turn on the television, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. So I just want to say quite genuinely, this is Jack and me speaking on the 21st of December, looking forward to what's coming up in 2021, which, of course, in itself is a kind of a speculative venture. So that's what we're doing. But please take that in the context that it is. So let me begin by saying, firstly, I would obviously say to you, Jack, I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. But obviously you haven't had it I yet. I hope I did too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's so all that taken as read. This is really tickling my Tenet sensibilities. I'm really enjoying this already. And this is what I was going to begin by saying this. Um, Tenet came out on Blu-ray. And, uh, and our... It does. I, I, oh, I haven't got it's it out. on me right it now. But I've, and, um, I've got a coffee table book over there as well. They've sent me a bunch of stuff. I'm sure they have. Because, I mean, how many times <laughs> did you go and see it? It's like, you know, you were probably paying for the catering. But um, I'm not even sure if everybody on the podcast knows about this. Because when we did our podcast together, I was still in the the phase of going, I'm not quite sure if I like it. And I had all these criticisms about it that I still hold. But I think I've gone back into it now and really, really, really enjoy so much about it. I've really, really delved into it. It's stayed with me ever since I've seen it. You are a, you're, you're a perfect example of somebody that's that thing about, you know, if you, see, if you see it more times, you'll get more out of it. I mean, I actually remember saying, I think if you see it more times, you might get less out of it. I've now, I've now seen it um, two and a half times, the half time, because I've now got it on disc. And it is it is tickling me in ways that it, it's solving Ooh. a lot of its problems, a lot of the things that, that that seem to me to be faults the first time round. But it is it's a film that's so made for owning on disc, isn't it? It's it's one of those ones that 
I think you want to study it. Yeah, you want to rewind moments. Even just the idea of thinking about you having a little Budweiser. I am, yeah. Look, hey, the other thing is, we're, talk- we're talking on the 21st. It's my wedding anniversary. I'm literally spending... Congratulations. I'm spending... How many years? 29. The good lady, wow. Professor. I'm 29 her in February, so you've been married for longer than I've been alive. Yeah, and in many ways, that is a really terrifying thought, isn't it? <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just makes the jelly wet. So yes, I am having, I am, in, I'm, I'm enjoying a, an ice. I'll, I'll join you. I've got myself uh, a juicy water, which is a juicy water. I, think, I don't know. I only. I only find these in Sainsbury's, but I'm absolutely obsessed with them. They they just taste like. <laughs> Hang on, Jack. Do we, sugar. do we have to put hashtag sponsor at the end of this now? What's, <laughs> I'd love to be sponsored by Juicy what was, Water. What's the thing that they used to do on Twitter if people got paid to do something? Would you have to say hashtag ad or hashtag ad or hashtag spawn right. something like yeah. that is basically is the norm yes if you know it, but <laughs> well anyway but this isn't one of those no no this is this is just listening. I'm enjoying what William Peter Blatty um uh for the guy who wrote The Exorcist um, when Nick and I Nick who produces this podcast makes this podcast um, when we went out to America to interview Bill Blatty about a programme that we never ended up making in fact which was about electronic voice phenomenon we still have the tapes um, that Bill Blatty made of electronic voice phenomenon anyway Bill Blatty introduced us to the phrase a few adult beverages <laughs> great <laughs> so yes I'm enjoying a chilled adult beverage so Jack the point of this the point of this podcast is to look forward to what we are looking forward to in 2021. So I'm going to be just play the 2021 again. It's basically all the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, let's start by um by saying wow. uh there are going to be films in this that we kind of thought would already be behind us. I mean, actually, at one point, I was worried that, that Wonder Woman 1984 might still be ahead of us. So I still haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 because wow. the cinemas were closing. I was away for a few days. And then as I was coming back, I was like, I'll catch it. Yeah. On Friday, when I'm back, nope, it's gone. Okay. Cinemas have gone. So already. there may well be people listening to this for whom Wonder Woman 1984 is still in the future. In which case, I think you've I think you've got a lot of fun in store because I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I read a couple of sniffy reviews, um, and uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought I think that I think a bit of light superhero fun is kind of what is needed at the moment. Yeah, and it's got a kind of you know slightly satirical bite to it. And I like the 1984s. I mean, it's much. It's it's basically much more in the kind of you know Raiders of the Lost Ark. Back to the Future mold mm-hmm. of filmmaking than the DC, you know, Justice League, all that kind of well, stuff. Well, that's really tickling my fancy. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm think big fan of Back to the Future. I think you'll especially. like it. I think it's got a really good sensibility. Anyway, so there are so few things that we know are absolutely going to be uh, released. The one thing that we do know, and it's the big release that I'm really looking forward to, on the 20th of January um, uh, in America, but actually worldwide as well, brilliantly, on the 20th of January, we are all going to be released from Trump. The great Satan is going to finally leave the White House and, uh, you know, Biden will be I was wondering where you were going with that. And this is a nice It's great. There's, you know, nothing, there's not VOD or what is going to be available on all platforms simultaneously. You're going to be able to enjoy it in a number of different formats, whether you want to enjoy it on your phone or on your television or however you want to enjoy it. Literally the exorcism of the the demon from the White House. He will, they're obviously continuing living in some, you know, uh, ring of hell, but everyone will be able to just prison, ignore him. Well, hopefully he'll go to prison. Yeah, that would be great. And, uh, you know, so... No- if I was Joe Biden, and I'm not, just for clarification, I'd be like... Thanks for the presidency. Investigate him immediately. I know. That's what I hope happens. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I am 
so looking forward to not... I mean, this is in the words of Greg Proops, who who I've done a podcast with, you know, I hear about this. Incidentally, just just to be clear, if you're listening to this, you think it's the Kermit on Film podcast, why are they talking politics? I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, firstly, that's what we do. And secondly, when it comes to Trump, there is no difference, of, there's no divergence of opinion. It's not an either or, on the one hand this, on the other hand that. Trump is Satan, he is evil, he has done nothing but make money out of people's suffering and misery. If you are, if you, you disagree with that, please find other podcasts. There are plenty, the rest of them. I think that he is going to, uh, his reputation... But will recommend be, this one to a friend. Yeah, his rep- reputation will be a stain on humanity. Um, I think he, he's... I mean, even Fox News are already saying that 42% of Fox News viewers think he's going to go down in, in, as the worst president in history. It's like when even Fox News thinks, thinks you're fucked... Man. Anyway, um, so that's the big release that I'm looking forward to in January is all of us from the yoke of the great Satan. Jack? That has been like, if we're retrospectively looking at 2020, that is the only little moment of fresh air that I think we all got was like, oh, because I woke up on the election day thinking, no, no, Biden's lost. Like I woke up looking at the results and thinking it was wasn't going to happen and to see that it has and actually then to see the results on January 20th yeah are going to be it's good I think I might cry I know no I, I mean I, cry. I I have already the idea of uh, Kamala Harris you know bit that that success and also the fact that he didn't he didn't just win he won massively millions and millions and this hilarious thing that Trump keeps saying I got more votes than any but you go, yeah, but you've got substantially fewer votes than the other guy. I think I talked about this maybe on the last one when we talked about Trump. <laughs> when I said that he's saying, I got the uh, the most votes... Um, of any sitting president. To which ever. Uh, yeah, of any sitting president. Yeah. yeah and you Still got, you got, second, though. Yeah. yeah. And you got, which you means got, you lost. Yeah, you are, you are officially the biggest loser in history. Well done. That's majestic. That's great. So anyway, it's bye-bye Mango Mussolini. Bye-bye Tim Pot Tyrant. Bye-bye Putin's, uh, you know, piss-tape poodle. Bye-bye having to think about it and and hear about it all the time. I know, I know. I just don't want to anymore. I I don't think we should be hearing about the president every day. No, and it'll be so great. There's on, on, On the day of the inauguration, Twitter take away the POTUS thing and they give it to Joe Biden. Somebody did tweet rather brilliantly that the first thing Joe Biden's tweet should be, who dis? Because it's that kind of how marvellous that it will no longer be Trump. Anyway, Jack, what are you looking forward to in 2021? And let's begin with the things that we that we thought we were going to get in 2020. Well, obviously, I mean, the first thing I want to say is that I'm kind of being a bit cautious about looking forward to anything um, because 2020 has taught me not to do that. Like even this past weekend, somebody said, what are your plans for Christmas? And I said, well, my plan is to go back to Nottingham and be with my family. But I was even saying it then, like, really cautiously. And obviously now that isn't happening. I can't do that. So I've got to stay in London for, for Christmas, which I'm sure will be fine. And I'm not in a terrible position. There are people in a much worse place than I am, obviously. Um, so I, I'm being taught at the moment by the world to not look forward too much. But, I mean, the first thing that I've got to say is I want to see James Bond. I want to see No Time to Die. I want to see that finished. I want to see Daniel Craig's last adventure. I kind of just want it over with now because I don't have great expectations for it. I, I've i not seen any trailer apart from the first one because I think I'd be able to figure too much stuff out because I did that with Tenet and now I'm vowing not to watch trailers anymore. So I just, I want to see it. I just want it 
I feel like there's this there's been too much build up to it now, and I just want it done. Okay, so Jack, here's the thing that really worries me. Um, I'm I'm kind of past it, and and this really disappoints me. I think we've waited so long that it can now only be a disappointment. And uh, I, I haven't seen anything other than the trailer you've seen. I've had no indication. I don't know anyone who's seen it. I don't know anything in the industry. But I have the suspicion that it's going to be all right. That it's going to be not the movie that Danny Boyle would have made, but perfectly functional. It's not going to be Skyfall, but it's not going to be a question of sport. Um, you know, it's going to it, it's going to be okay. Now it's going to be middling. Yeah. Now, had had the okay happened toward the end of last year, you know, when when cinemas were really struggling and really could have done with a tentpole, then I think we all would have rallied behind it. I can't kind of now feel like the last date that I heard was Easter, April, and it's like so. By the time we get to see it, it's going to have to be pretty good to justify all that waiting. And I'm, I kind of already feel like it's last year's news. It already, and I, that disap, that really disappoints me. I, I'm glad to hear that you're still excited about it. Well, it's not even that I'm excited about it. I, I, I just, I'm a Bond fan. I like that genre. Yeah, me too. I, I like I said, I just want it kind of over with now because I don't. I want to just be able to move forward because my problem at the moment with the way that James Bond is being run is that they're running James Bond like it's its own genre, and I'm seeing the poster for No Time to Die and the trailers and. And it all just looks like Bond film, yes, right, rather than <laughs> a story about something or, or you know what's he up to, what's the adventure this time? It yeah. just looks like Bond film, and <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've, I'm not bothered. I, I, I've seen uh, so many Bond films. What what are you doing that's different? And it feels like it's trying to just play into nostalgia still, which I appreciated in Skyfall, and then resented Inspector, right. Because it felt like it was conflicting it with itself. The, the big example that I always use is that in Skyfall, Q says, what were you expecting? An exploding pen. We don't really go in for that sort of thing anymore. And then Inspector, he gives him an exploding watch. And I was like, ah, well, hang on. That, that, that seems... You're, you're right next to each other. Why have you done that? And that's what I'm starting to... It's starting to bother me is that Casino Royale was so fresh and so different and actually has aged so beautifully when you watch yeah, Casino yeah, yeah. Royale now, like out of context of everything else. It's just a standalone, fantastic yeah. spy because, romance because thriller. Casino Royale was the film that was made in a world that realised that Paul Greengrass had happened and that, and that Bond movies mm-hmm. could not look like they looked anymore. And it was a real, real shot in the arm. And I have been a huge fan of Daniel Craig, actually. I think he's a great... I mean, that's why I say I, yeah. I wish... I, I wish that they hadn't disappointed me so much by, by, by messing around with the release dates in the way they did. I think they, they, lost, a lot of, they lost a lot of goodwill. And I think Eon really dropped mm. the ball with that, actually. I think that is a real shame. I mean, I understand that finances drive it, but I just think... Anyway, exactly. we it must... It was really upsetting when they just closed all the cinemas because they moved Bond again. I was like, oh, what a horrible domino effect. James, fate draws us back together. My enemy. His name is Seffin. And what does he want? Revenge. Me. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. You can imagine why I've come back to play. There's a young lady in Santiago I want you to meet. You're late. When you're ready. Salute. 
I met your new double O. She's a disarming young woman. I get why you shot him. Yeah, well, everyone tries at least once. Okay, we must keep an open mind. So that's great. Okay, so I'm glad to hear that you're... Now, what about Dune? Because Dune is something that's been oh, on the horizon for a long time. I'm salivating. <laughs> I just can't wait to see that. And it's so funny seeing Oscar Isaac in that role. And it just looks like, you know, Star Wars has grown up. It looks... Because I just watched The Force Awakens again. Uh, and he looks like such a baby in it. He's got such a fresh little face. And then in the, just the image you see of him in June, he's just this weathered, like, middle-aged man yeah, who's been yeah, through yeah. so much stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's almost like Harry Potter, isn't it? It's kind of like you feel like you've been watching him doing those roles for long enough for him to, to have grown up into full into full manhood. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm... I know oh, that it, it's been at the centre of um, of a debate, which heaven knows what that debate's going to be looking like at the moment, about you know simultaneous releasing and HBO Max and all the rest of it. But I want to see Dune on the biggest screen possible. I want to, you know... I The only thing of Dune that I've seen was, was they were playing a teaser for the trailer, because as I've said, I'm trying not to watch trailers. They were, watching, they were playing a teaser for the trailer before one of the times that I saw Tenet. And that is all I saw, and I welled up just listening to the booming soundtrack and the beautiful visuals that we've come to expect from Denis Villeneuve. Wow, like just that 30-second teaser for the trailer got me, like like made my chest swell. Yeah, we were doing, uh, we've made a new series of Secrets of Cinema, which is starting on BBC4 um, uh, on the 11th. And uh, one of the episodes is about cult cinema, and we've we've done a we've done a thing about Khodorovsky and Khodorovsky's Dune, which is of course the film that never happened. And um, there was a there was a lovely little. Why is it the film that never happened? You, so Dune was originally going to be made. Well, there was loads of people involved. But it was originally going to be made by Alejandro Khodorovsky, okay? And he, you know, did did a bunch of work with people like Giger, and uh, he wanted people like Mick Jagger, and he had all these plans for it, and it never happened. One of the reasons it never happened was that reportedly Hodorowsky's version of Dune wanted to be 14 hours long and that wasn't going to happen also because Hodorowsky is a sort of maverick filmmaker it it, it just it, it, he could probably never have made the film he imagined however one of the lovely things that Nick found that actually didn't make it into the final cut of the program was Hodorowsky talking about um when Dune finally got made, because there is a documentary about Hodorowsky's Dune, the film that never got made, but therefore is kind of, in a way, an, an, an altogether more interesting cult item because it doesn't exist. That's how culty it is. There's only the drawings and, you know, those things which kind of, you know, then passed on. And, of course, David Lynch ended up making it. David Lynch made his version of Dune. Have you seen the David Lynch Dune? I haven't. No, okay. So he ended up making it largely because it was a kind of quid pro quo in terms of making Blue Velvet. But he made Dune. Of course, you know, famously, um, uh, at one point, George Lucas offered <laughs> offered David Lynch the role of directing Return of the Jedi. And there is this yes. incredible story about David Lynch going out to Skywalker Ranch and getting a headache the minute he walked in. And then George Lucas just showing him all these toys and all these things, and David Lynch having no idea what's going on. Anyway, Lynch made Dune, and it's it's a mess. I mean, there are some things in it that are quite interesting. Sting coming out of the steam shower with just a pair of wings on his testicles is, is a moment that I think few people who've seen it will forget in a hurry. But I haven't there's seen a lovely, it, I, I wish I'd never heard that. There's a lovely little clip of Hodorowsky talking about 
finally going to see David Lynch's Dune after he'd worked to get his Dune made and then it didn't happen. And Khodorovsky says, you know, I sat there and I was terrified and then five minutes in, I thought, this is great, this is rubbish. This is just <laughs> rubbish. And he was so pleased. He was so delighted that it was rubbish. So, I'm, you know, it's kind of like the next pass at it. That You know, let's see if we can do Dune properly let's see if it's possible to make have you ever read the the, the novel of dune i haven't okay it's so kind I know of like very lord little of... about it no well it's kind of like lord of the rings you kind of think there's so much stuff in there how are you ever going to get that onto the screen but i think if anyone can do that kind of thing mm-hmm. it is denis villeneuve so i'm really really looking forward to that what do you think I'm about also... him saying that um because of this whole HBO Max thing and the simultaneous releases, like he's quoted, I think, I think this was a quote of him saying that Warner Brothers might have just killed the Dune fr- franchise. So somebody sent me a link to a blog that I did 10 years ago, back in 2010, in which I said the same thing, which was simultaneous releasing is the future, like it or not. In fact, back then I said, we have simultaneous releasing now. It's called piracy. Mm-hmm. So you can either embrace it or you can you can pretend it's not happening, but it is. Now, I think that the cinema industry is strong enough to withstand simultaneous releasing as long as what it doesn't do is stop films being released in theatres. If it's just a matter of things going to streaming services, I have a problem with it. But if it is a matter of, look, it is available in a streaming service or it's available in a big cinema, I think that cinema is strong enough and important enough and eternal enough to survive that challenge. Because from my point of view, and I don't think this is just a specialist film nerd thing. I think there are enough people that want to see movies in a cinema. And it's not just big, spectacular movies. It's never really, sometimes always. It's, you know, uh, St. Maud. It, all those movies, little indie movies, that I have enjoyed seeing in the cinema. And if I'm in the cinema, I would rather be there with a bunch of other people who are there because they want to be in the cinema. Not because it was the only place they could see it. So yeah, I mean, just for an example, I saw Trial of the Chicago Seven and Mank in the cinema by choice, and obviously I did because yeah. I'm me. But yeah. I just yeah. think that when the choice is available, I will always want to go and see it for the first time in the, on the big screen. Yeah, and I think that you're not alone in that. I think that there's no question that that the cinema industry will suffer. Um, but I think that the, the, what will suffer will be the multiplexes that don't provide much of a great cinematic experience. I'm not saying all multiplexes don't. There are multiplexes that do. But the cinemas that survive will be the cinemas that offer a proper cinematic experience. And the people who want to see the movies properly projected in a cinema, you know, properly done, I think that trade will remain firm. I don't believe for one minute... It's in the same way that back in the 1980s when everybody said home video is going to kill cinema. No, it isn't. That's the same as back in the 1950s when everybody said television is going to kill cinema. No, it isn't. And, you know, the responses from some O3D, which has always been rolled out to solve this, that's not the point. Cinema has its own place. It is its own thing. It's its own temple, its own cathedral, its own church. And... There will always be an audience for that. I want to see Dune in the cinema. And I don't mind if somebody else stays at home and watches it on television. I, if I, I'd rather, if they wanted to do that, they did that. And I also, I, you know, I'll, before I get down off my soapbox, it doesn't matter what you artistically think about it. Being opposed to simultaneous releasing is like being opposed to Wednesday. You can <laughs> gripe about it all you want. It's coming round. There's no way of stopping it. Yeah, I know what you mean about the piracy thing as well. I think that the idea of even just having 
the option it's a little bit like streaming music they they i think the music industry has dealt with it as well as they can which is that there are so many platforms now to basically just have as as unlimited amount of music as you can and that's kind of eliminated a lot of music piracy yeah. and i think there's a, there's still a lot of that going on i mean you know I don't know much. I wouldn't possibly know anything about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that... Your Honour. It's, it's interesting though. I wonder if it will increase. So It's just interesting to think about the idea that now if there's... For example, if Tenet came out both in the cinema and on streaming simultaneously, I wonder if it would have increased the idea of like, well, if one person buys it, they'll just put a 4K rip on Pirate Bay for everybody to be able to get. I I wonder what the what the, the knock-on effect of that would be. That'd be very I'm not I'm not you know saying it's a positive or a negative thing. I'm just I'm just saying it's interesting that could be part of it. Yes, but crucially, I don't think that what it will do is it will I don't think it'll damage cinema. There may be issues as far as streaming is concerned, but I don't think the issues are to do with cinema. I mm-hmm. think that people who want to go I have more faith in cinema than to think that cinema will be killed by the ability for people to to watch films somewhere else. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One of the things I'm really looking forward to this year 
is that there is finally going to be a hopefully widely available uh, disc release of Jeremy, which is a film I absolutely love from the early 1970s, which for ages and ages it was really hard to get hold of. I mean, I actually have several copies of it now because it was a film that I just went on about for ages and ages. And actually, I I was meant to be doing a commentary for it um, with the two stars of it, but due to everything that happened this year, it didn't happen. But the disc is coming out. So finally, Jeremy will be widely available to anybody who wants to see it. And this is a film that I have gone on about and i've done 35 mil screenings of it and um i've you know i've i've sung its praises and blah 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 well finally it's going to be available and that's going to happen in 2021 finally it's going to be available in a you know in a in a good disc edition form so you know that's great and, and again that has nothing to do with um with damaging cinema in any way it's something which is coming out on disc which i'm really longing for now the other thing which we we know is on the horizon and i i have to confess is a bit of a guilty thing for me I'm kind of excited about the new Top Gun, despite the oh, fact yeah. that I never... Okay, but you say, oh, yeah, like, that's a completely normal... Because I never bought... I mean, I when top, the first Top Gun came out, I just thought it was American imperialist propagandist trash sure. of the highest I think we've spoken order. about Top Gun very, very briefly before. I think it's fine. It, it's yes, not, it is. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's not particularly great. There's, there's, there's a few moments, and I've, I've, I've gone back and watched it I think I've seen it twice and both times I've been like, I've heard Top Gun's good and then watch it and go, no. Nah. And then I go, there was something I liked about it. And I've watched it and gone, no, nah, there's not really much I like about it. But now <laughs> we live in an era where Tom Cruise won't get in a plane unless he's flying it. Yes. I know. That's what Isn't I'm excited about. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. <laughs> His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. The, the thing that sold Top Gun for me was I was at a conference, an academic conference, um, about musicals. And somebody did a, a, a paper about Top Gun as a musical and the flying sequences as dance numbers. And it was genius. It was absolute genius. And I went, wow. Okay, fine. I finally get this. And obviously, you know, we've all seen the, the Quentin Tarantino, uh, you know, famous speech about Top Gun, blah, blah, you know. Okay, great. That's not the most interesting thing about it. The most interesting thing about Top Gun is when you start viewing the the, the aerial sequences as dance numbers and you start looking at it as a, I mean, I, I know it's an extended pop Big music that's video. fine. Yeah, exactly. It's a music video. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, so are you excited about the new Top Gun? Is that I'm something excited about the new Top Gun list? simply, again, like I said, because Tom Cruise will, will do <laughs> insane things on camera and make that useful to watch on the biggest <laughs> screen possible. And on the same note, we've got another Mission Impossible film to look forward to. We have. Now, this will I, be um, old... This will be old news by the time this comes out. But yes. Did you hear that? See, I have mm-hmm. to say, I was. Whenever these things get leaked of a star ranting on set, it's usually ooh, 
you know, look at this. I mean, famously when Christian, when the tape got leaked of Christian yeah. Bale yelling at everybody. You and me, in the we're t- done professionally. Yeah. But, you know, we know for a fact that that happened because Christian Bale suddenly woke up and realised he was in a movie being directed by McGee and couldn't figure out how he'd got there. It was just like, whoa! I've just you know. done Christopher Nolan's <laughs> The Dark Knight. What am I, I doing know. here? <laughs> but in the case of the Tom Cruise COVID rant... Oh, I totally agree with him. Yeah, he was, he was right, yeah. He was absolutely right. He was trying He's to being run very COVID- American about it. He was like, yes. do you know what I sleep with at night? The future of this entire industry. And I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure Tom Cruise does have that pressure on his shoulder. But what an American thing to say. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I know. But also... You did think he has got a point, yeah. In as much as you know, wear look, the bloody mask. Yeah, wear the mask. Just this is not a this is not a drill, people. Let's just get this done. So, <laughs> assuming that that is all now just in the past and there hasn't been anything, do we know? Do we have any idea when we might see Mission Impossible? Is it twenty twenty one or is it have the I have they now? I think so. I think it's twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two because they're doing both of them simultaneously. They're, they're filming them both simultaneously. Have you seen Fantastic. anything from the onset stuff? No, I've seen nothing at all except for a shot of Tom Cruise actually flying a plane. Right. Okay. So I think that might be the Top Gun thing. And yeah. for Mission Impossible, there's some onset footage of him riding a motorcycle off a ramp on the side of a mountain. <laughs> that was on day one. And that was him. That was him. On it's day actually one. him. Actually him. Yeah. And there's also like somebody's filmed from a from a train that's obviously going parallel out of the window, just zooming in, and they're just, all the crew, Chris McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, they're all just sat on top of a train in the middle of filming an action scene, but for real, like on top of a train. And I'm just like, yeah, I, this is what I want. I want to just, I want it to just be balls to the wall, nuts. Look what we really did on camera for your entertainment, and we're going to string it together with some sort of plot. I'm not bothered about what it is. I don't care. I just want to see all these fun action scenes strung together. I want to see how mad I, he's going to space. I think in one of them he's going to be. You know that thing that they did years ago where somebody was on the uh, like the, as close to the Earth's atmosphere as you can possibly get yes. and jumped. I think he's going to do yes. something like that. He, he's got to do, hasn't he? Like the the biggest version of the how far can he get to the ground without touching it? <laughs> you know, I think the 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 thing that I like most about all this. I mean, I know there's a lot about Tom Cruise that's questionable. You know, Oh yeah, I mean, let's, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Scientology. Incidentally, if you are a Scientologist, you're mad. Yeah, um, mental. Uh, so, but that's fine. You know, carry on. Obviously, you know, if you want to believe in a science fiction novel that was turned into a religion for tax purposes, that's fine. That that's your business. Also, if you want to believe in a science fiction novel that was turned into a church for tax purposes, that then has incredibly repressive attitudes towards uh, women's rights and gay rights, that's fine. That's your right. We live in a democracy. Um, you are still mad, and your your religion isn't a religion. It's just something made up for tax purposes. But hey, moving on. Um, I th- one of the things I like about the Tom Cruise uh, physical stuff is it takes cinema back to the early days yeah, like of Buster stuff. Keaton. Yeah, you know, of people when you saw comedians. I mean, there was this there was a documentary recently about um, Keaton. Um, there was actually quite a lot of stuff about Keaton, and I, was, I did a, a, a Kermit on film with with Neil Brand talking about Keaton. The sheer physicality of what he did, you know, would have torn the arms off most people. I mean, there is there is one scene that would literally have torn the arms off most people. <laughs> 
Um, and it's the it's there is some extreme joy in seeing the unprocessed image of of somebody doing that stuff. And somebody said, you know, isn't it just like the clever version of Jackass? <laughs> to which the answer is, yeah, but kind the, of. The, it kind of is. The difference is that in Jackass, there isn't any skill involved in not dying whilst yeah. a portaloo is fired into the air with a rubber band. It's just, you know, chance. But in terms of what I think Tom Cruise does, it, it does for me go back to that silent movie tradition of Buster Keaton of I'm an I'm a physical actor. This is what I do. And there's and if something it about my ankle. Uh, there's something about the Mission Impossible films that I I think that I think Bond for example is all is always readjusting to what's popular in the world, right? So yeah. when Casino Royale was made it was because Jason Bourne and Batman Begins was taking things to a grittier place and then they went too far with that in Quantum Question of Sport as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> um Whereas Mission Impossible, I think, J.J. Abrams came in and reinvented it. You know, it's so funny as well that J.J. Abrams has rebooted three separate franchises and yeah. ruined one, <laughs> at least. Uh, but then I think what it's done You're still is... Cross. You're still I'm cross. so... It's been a year and I'm still annoyed. Ray Skywalker. Okay. Um, what Mission Impossible has done now, I think, is it's like leading the, the way in terms of why people are excited it's the reason the same reason i like tenet is the same reason really why i like mission impossible is because they're doing yeah. so much stuff on camera for real and it feels like they're going in cinema fun <laughs> isn't it great <laughs> look what we can do for real you didn't think we could do that <laughs> and we did and that's what i love about it i think and it, that's that's what i'm excited for okay so those are the kind of the big the big temples. well there's one Go there's on. one more that i haven't mentioned that we haven't spoken about at all yet. Robert Pattinson? Well, just in general, yes. Um, but I think Batman has been pushed back to 2022. Oh, has it? Okay, fine. So yeah. you know more. So we're not going to see Robert Pattinson's Batman for, until 2022? We're not going to see Robert Pattinson, no. Not, not for a little while. Um, That's a shame, because I'm a big fan of Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, but what I am excited about <laughs> oh. is Spider-Man 3, where there's a possibility that they're going to have all three Spider-Men in one film. They're going to have wow. Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield, because now Alfred Molina has come back to play Doc Ock. And Doc Ock. Got, um, Jamie Foxx coming back to play Electro. I'm assuming uh, that they're in talks as well to try and get Emma Stone to come and play Gwen Stacy, and hopefully she'll get to play Spider-Gwen. I think it's just going to be this live... What they've done, I think, is they've seen how well the animated Spider-Verse did, and they've yeah, gone, yeah. we should jump on this. And hopefully that'll be the introduction yeah. of their new Miles Morales, the live-action Miles Morales. I'm just very excited about it, just from a fan point of view. I don't think it's going to be particularly well-handled, to be honest. I don't particularly <laughs> love the way that these new Spider-Man movies have got, I thought Homecoming was pretty good I didn't I liked Far From Home the first time I watched it and it just gets worse and worse. I think it feels like a Disney Channel movie to me I don't like the way that every single time someone's talking or reacting we have to be in a clean close-up of them it's got no sense of geography the filmmaking just feels very like almost amateur sometimes I don't like it it feels like it's been made by a committee but the idea of seeing all those different it's the fact that it's weird it's the fact that it's a yeah. weird idea. And they're going to go, yeah, we're just going to do it now. Balls to the wall, mad. Like, all these different dimensions. Even ones where, like, Doc Ock is dead. 
but he's probably going to be from a different dimension meeting <laughs> the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And it's the fact as well that Sam Raimi is now going to be directing the second Doctor Strange movie and Doctor Strange is going to be a big reason as to why this is possible in this. So I've got to feel like he's, he's got a hand in this in some way. It's just it's even just like the fanboy thing of like, if I hear that Danny Elfman theme, I'm going to just... I'm, I don't know what I'll do. It's probably not appropriate to say on a podcast what I'll do. The Doc Ock thing is still, which I still think is the best line in any Spider-Man movie, which is he's called Octavius. He ends up with eight limbs. What are the chances? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guy with, guy called Otto, Otto Octavius winds up with eight limbs. What are the odds? <laughs> it's such genius. What um, are we going to call so, this guy? Dr. Octopus. Now, That's crap. Do we do we know when we're going to see that then, Jack? Do we have any... It I mean, is, again, is, um, understanding that everything, for everything December. is floating. Okay. It's, just, it's so, scheduled for December next year. So and have the, what state are they in? Have they shot? Is it done? Are they, they are filming currently right now. Right, okay. So this is because production is happening, as we were talking about before with uh, with Mission Impossible. Production is happening under COVID. So the movies are carrying on being uh, being made. And so this kind of log jam, this, you know, you wait for a blockbuster all year and then suddenly, you know, three come at once. This log jam is going to happen. Do you think that next year is just going to be a year of a blockbuster every month? And are we going to get tired of it? I don't think we're going to get tired of it. I think that's the way the cinema was going anyway. I think that around sort of April or May, we'd get our first Marvel film, something like that, right. would kick it off. And then for the rest of the summer, it'd be like every few weeks, there's a new big movie in the cinema. I don't think that, I think, if anything, I'm going to be excited to just be like, I'm at the cinema twice a week. Like, I, don't, I, I won't yeah. care. I, I, I'll just be excited about it. The thing that I that I'm really looking forward to, and again, we're saying all this at a time when you know, and I'm not sure what you know what state cinemas will be in when this podcast go, goes out on January the fifth, but I think it's fair to say there will still be a certain degree of uncertainty about the future. The thing I'm really looking forward to is going back to screenings, to preview screenings, going back to watching movies with other people, going back to seeing films um, in screening rooms and in cinemas with my colleagues. Who most I just of want to I hear that seen. little chatter. Again, like I want, a, I want a full cinema where I hear the chatter and the murmurs of people and then I hear that die down as the lights go down. I miss that because every cinema experience I've had this year, and there have only been a few really, everything has been incredibly spaced out, which is good, yeah. but also the attendance has been incredibly low. So that yeah. sort of, that, that togetherness has not, I've missed that. I've not had that for about a year. I want that thing. I mean, it is really weird because I, critics don't really tend to talk to each other that much about the films in between because, you know, you kind of you want to keep your powder dry until you've written your, your reviews. But that thing for me now, you know, I, you turn up at a screening and, oh, hi, you know, there's, there's Van and there's, uh, you know, uh, Linda Marrick and there's Wendy Eyde and there's Simran Hans and you'd all say hi and you just, you, you know, you'd have a little bit of. I'd ask Van to fix my phone because I don't know how it works, and I'd ask, <laughs> you know, Linda, what's going on with the paper, and uh, you know, and it, and just just the, the just the frivolity, just the banter. nothing, yeah, and yeah, but I mean, you know, and then we watch the film, and then, and I really miss that. It's amazing how much I miss that. It's amazing how much that has really got under my skin not having that, and that's again brings me back to what I said at the beginning cinema and the cinema experience i mean i'm talking about watching things in preview theaters preview theaters are not the best place to watch movies they're often quite small screens but but you're watching them commonly and i think that experience cannot be replicated in the home i think that and i judging by how much i miss it and how much i'm desperate to get back to it i think 
I think it will. I think as soon as it's possible, as soon as every, everybody feels safe in cinemas, I was talking to Simon Mayo about this. He said pretty much the same thing, that once going to the cinema feels like a normal experience, that's when you'll know that things have kind of got mm. themselves back on track. But I have missed it so much, and I want 2021 to be the year that gives it back to us. I know it's going to take time. I know that, you know... It, 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 uh, uh, more than ever at the moment vigilance is needed because you know i have no time for covid deniers or any of that stuff Th- there's a reason for all this we, you know we need that's to be the third vigilant. and final person type of person we want to stop listening to this podcast is if you're a, yeah exactly a yeah, COVID, yeah. if you're if you're a no masker yeah if you're if you're a no masker an anti-vaxxer or a covid denier pardon my french fuck off <laughs> Because you're wrong, and what your actions are dangerous and hurtful to the they rest are. of humanity, and you're a selfish person, um, <laughs> and, and, and I don't want anything to do with you, and that's fine. Um, Jack, I think you're on the same page. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great, good. Okay, so um, so now that we've <laughs> we got rid, now that we got rid of all that stuff, I I really want 2021 to be the year that gives cinema back to everyone. I want it to be the year that we all rediscover the joy of just going to the cinema i mean i you know i i want the thing about seeing you at a preview of a you know yeah. of a movie that i don't know anything about and it's some you know a, a, a i miss our little after everyone. the pub stuff yeah you know and exactly i want you and me to go and see something in a cinema in the west end and then go to that pub around the corner you know where we can get eight of us around a table which at that point is fine and have a you know a full and frank exchange of ideas about it. I really, that's what I look. You know, one of the things I'm really yeah, looking forward I miss to. It. I mean, it's the reason why this podcast exists is because we were doing that, and then we were like, this should be a podcast. Like, I mean that <laughs> that's why it exists, and I, and I I miss doing it. The fact as well, like I haven't seen you since March or something. Like. Whenever it was, like just as the first lockdown was about to be called, we recorded our final ever in-person podcast. That's right. That's and right. It's great that we've been able to keep this going, and it's great that it's what we were two years into making this now together, which yeah. is amazing. I'm still, I absolutely love doing it. Um, I just one day, I, I want to be able to see you in person, see a movie, talk about it, and then record our thoughts about it all in person. I would like all of that yeah. to happen. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, it's not so much let, to ask let, for, is it? Let, let's make a commitment, because this is probably kind of quite a good place to bring this to a close. Let's make a commitment that when, when things are back to normal, mm-hmm. that we will actually do a podcast in the pub. Not oh, in great. a studio. We will do one in the pub after we go and see. We'll go and watch some, you know, big movie that everyone, you know, blah blah blah. We'll go and see it, and do then we will very initial thoughts to it. And then we will go to the pub. We will get Nick will come along and uh, record it, and it'll be it'll be noisy and scrappy, and it will involve people coming and going, and we will record the entire podcast in idea. the pub. How does that great. sound? That sounds fantastic. So as soon as we're allowed, that's what we'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, um, you know, I, happy new year to you. I know it's, for, it's I wonder what the, what the thing is on saying is so this is January the 5th. So happy new year to you. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening to this. The first uh, Kermit on Film podcast of uh, 2021. I think we've laid out the rules of engagement very clearly. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and You know if you can uh, yeah. stay. Like, basically, if we haven't yep. called you out on this podcast, you're allowed to stay. <laughs> 
you know, and, and, and even if you, as we always say, look, there are loads of other podcasts out there and, there um, you know, and, and, and there's something for everybody and, uh, uh, everyone, everyone will, yeah, but we, we you know, everyone will find the thing that they want. Um, other opinions are available, just not all of them are right. Uh, Jack, happy new year. And I'll, happy I look new forward year to, to seeing you. you in well, the uh, if you've enjoyed this, uh, listening to this podcast, then uh, remember to subscribe, tell your friends, the ones who don't fall into the categories that we have ruled in and visible. Um, uh, go to our Patreon page. There's loads and loads of extras there. You can listen to the entire back catalogue. As Jack was saying, we've been doing this for a few years now, so there are there are a number to listen to. And uh, I look forward to the podcast in the pub after whatever blockbuster, you know, we see in Leicester Square before retiring to that large table where we can get eight of us around it, including Nick with his tape recorder. Stay well, keep you can watching get the first stars. round. <laughs> Excuse me, can I just say, sorry, I just ended, but I'm going to carry on. Jack, I always get the first round. I am, do, there's yeah. a lot of, th- there do. are a lot of things, there are a lot of things about me that are, that are bad and annoying and wrong, but I am always the You're first. You're a generous man to get there no it's nothing to do with being generous it's just like a it's just that is a thing and you know you know you have friends who you realize that whenever you walk into the pub they suddenly manage to get to the back of the group as you <laughs> i never i never wanted to be that person i always wanted to be the person who first round <laughs> tell you what we'll do when we're there next time we'll, we'll point out and, and shame the person <laughs> who does that and they won't get it and then they won't be able to listen to the podcast either <laughs> god we've turned into stalinists <laughs> Okay, Jack, see you soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.